Hello everyone, I'm Stuart Spinks and this is Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. This podcast is brought to you in part by BBWare, specialist manufacturers of bee suits and protective beekeeping clothing. Founded in the year 2000 by Belinda and Michael Bright, BBWare offers a range of designs made to the highest standards in the UK-based operation in Cornwall. BBWare use their own team of specialist machinists using only premium fabrics and components. British-made BBWare clothing offers protection, comfort and quality proven to last for many years. And now you can also grab a special discount off their latest lines by using discount code NHCBBW10. Give Belinda and the team a call or order one online and quote the discount code NHCBBW10 to get the discount. Alternatively, go to their website www.bbware.co.uk and I'll link that in the show notes as usual. So welcome back to my weekly podcast. My thanks to those of you listening via the Patreon page. I really appreciate your support of my work. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support page where you can help me create more content by signing up to one of my reward tiers. And in return, you'll gain access to additional content and support from me. These start from as little as $1 per month, and I don't charge per video or podcast, so I believe with the regular quality content I'm producing, $1 represents excellent value for money. I thought I would see what I could get for $1, and apparently it will get you a cup of coffee at a well-known burger restaurant, or a downloaded song from iTunes. Which reminds me, our podcast is now available on iTunes, so you can now listen to me from a wide range of devices. Isn't that exciting? Again, I'll leave links to the various websites in this week's show notes as usual. Today's topic is our monthly question and answers session. This is where my supporters on Patreon get a chance to ask me beekeeping related questions and I'll attempt to provide an answer to help them on their beekeeping journey. Simply sign up to Patreon and post your questions to me under the monthly Q&A section. Our first questions come from Fran Barham. Hi Stuart, a couple of questions from me. Question 1. Both of my hives have at least 6 or 7 frames of bees. As a general recommendation, do you suggest I add another brood box to each? If so, do I imagine you have to take each box and inspect it frame by frame during the season for eggs and brood etc.? Well, hi, Fran, and thanks for the questions. The easy answer is no, not just yet. However, let me explain further. A lot will depend on what you'd like to do with the bees through the season. As with most discussions in beekeeping, more information is needed to really get to the answer. So, what type of hives are you using? Are you planning on splitting the hives? Or is this a honey production year for you? Is that important? Are you looking to try to reproduce queens, for instance? These are some of the questions you need to ask yourself and have a plan for the coming season. This will then give you some clues to the way your beekeeping practices in the early season should play out. With just six or seven frames of bees, I wouldn't put another brood box on just yet. 
If you had six or seven frames of brood, then you might be getting to the point of splitting or doubling up with another brood box. I always inspect my brood boxes fully through the active season, so if it's a double brood box, then yes, I would go through each box frame by frame to check the brood nest for disease and also things like queen cells. I'll set one up to inspect this season and produce a video to show you how to inspect a double brood box setup. Fran's second question. I believe Apivar is a very effective and recently launched in the UK product that can be safely used with brood and administered for at least six weeks. The manufacturer's advice is not to add supers when this treatment is being administered. Having said that, I'm planning a Bailey comb change this spring, and then I would like to add supers to enable the bees to utilise as much space as possible. Do you think that doing a Bailey comb change is going to disrupt the Apivar treatment? Would I have time to administer the treatment before needing supers for honey collection? For example, if I put Apivar on the hives on Friday the 13th of April, they would have to stay in a single brood box with no supers until May the 25th. Some really great questions uh, in there, Fran. Um, firstly, I would ask, why do you need to treat your bees? Have you discovered that you've got a large population of varroa? I would always make sure that you're treating because you need to, not just doing it as a matter of routine. I used Apivar last year and it was very effective, but the six-week time period is quite a while for treatments, especially when you mustn't have any honey supers on the colony at the same time. Because of that, during the active season, I tend to use Mitoway quick strips. But the Apivar was very effective on the colonies that I did treat. You're right in saying that you shouldn't use Apivar treatments when you've got supers on. It is a recommendation because the Amitraz, which is the active ingredient, can be found as a residue in honey. And that's against our current legislation. So, if you're using Apivar, then don't use it in a period where you're likely to be putting honey supers on for the bees to store nectar and turn into honey in those supers. The other point you raise about performing an Apivar treatment during a Bailey comb change, I wouldn't treat and perform a Bailey comb change at the same time. And this is because the bees need to be in close contact with the Apivar strips for the Amitraz to be effective. And if you have them split between two boxes, it may be less effective. If you think about the mechanics of a Bailey comb change, you're actually placing the old combs down in the bottom box and moving the entrance above that bottom box. So the bees that are foraging are coming into the top box, but you'll just have a group of bees left in the bottom box. And it would be easy enough for Varroa to move then up into the top box and avoid the Apivar treatment. So my advice would be, unless you have plans for an early crop of honey, I would treat immediately, get that done if you need to, and then perform the Bailey comb change after that. It'll also allow the weather to warm up nicely for the Bailey comb change to work really well. I wouldn't carry out a comb change too early, it just makes for hard work for the bees. If you've not yet started beekeeping and you're looking for help and assistance, pop over to my website www.norfolk-honey.co.uk forward slash get started and I'll do all I can to help out with suggestions and recommendations for you. Our next question comes from Chris Clark. Thanks for the question, Chris. 
and he says, Hi Stuart, can I have your thoughts on this? I was given a nucleus colony last year, which I put directly in a national hive. Now the nucleus had a couple of old brood frames, which were actually on super frames. What do you think is the best way forward to swapping these out early spring? I was thinking of moving them to the back of the hive, so with a honey barrier between, the queen may stop laying in them and then replace once brood has hatched. Would this be right, or is there a better alternative? Thanks. Hi Chris, this is a really good question, and it doesn't just relate to swapping out a super frame from a brood box, but it can also apply to any brood frame that you want to remove that's maybe past its best before date and is maybe a bit dark or has been chewed up around the edges by the bees. To be honest, I think you've pretty much answered your own question, but here's some further advice. Is there much brood in that frame at the moment, or is there any brood at all? If there's no brood present, you could just simply remove it and replace that frame with a frame of foundation towards the outside of the hive. If there's plenty of brood in it, I would just move them gently towards the edge of the brood nest and gradually out and beyond. Once the brood is capped, it can generate its own heat, so it doesn't need to be so close to the centre of the brood nest area, where it's going to be at its warmest. Once the brood has emerged, just continue to move that frame towards the outside and then replace it with foundation. What I wouldn't do is separate that frame from the brood nest at the moment because it's still too cold. So don't have the brood frame with brood in it separated by a frame of honey. Just keep it to the edge of the cluster and that will be fine. And you could do that over a period of several weeks. Do let me know how you get on with it. I'd be very interested to see how it all works out for you. Our next question comes from Ian Haslam, who asks, what is the best way to accumulate some drawn comb? Manipulations always suggest adding a frame or two of drawn comb, and as I only have one colony, I do plan many more for this year if all goes well, I'm in a bit of a bind. Advice, please. Thanks for the question, Ian. It's one that I get asked by a lot of beginner beekeepers who have only got the one colony and it does seem quite tricky to try to produce that extra brood comb when, as you say, everybody's saying that you need to have some spare to be able to utilise. My favourite technique for drawing additional brood frames is using the Bailey comb change method. It's really simple and with a little feed of light syrup, the bees generally draw out the new comb really fast. But as I mentioned in my answer to Fran, don't attempt it too early in the season. The bees really need warmer nights to help with the processing of the wax into comb. Again, I'll add this to the list of videos that we'll produce in the summer to give you an example of how we can draw some additional brood frames so that we've got some spare drawn comb for use later in the season. Our next question comes from Pam Melman. Pam, thanks for the question. It's one that I'm sure lots of beginner beekeepers are facing as we go into the new season. And Pam writes, My colony died over the winter after my first year as a beekeeper. How do I prepare for a new package of bees and queen? After sweeping out all of the bees in the bottom of the hive, what do I do with the dead bees in the frames and any mould or that sort of thing? Will the new bees clean that out? I have a Langstroth hive. Thank you. Well, Pam, I'm really sorry to hear about your lost colony. It can be really distressing for beginner beekeepers to 
lose their one and only colony over winter. But don't let that put you off and let's see if we can get you set for the new season. So all of the following advice is based on the assumption that the colony has died out for unknown reasons. And I always like to take the cautious route and clean out everything. So that means removing all of the frames, cutting out all of the wax comb and rendering it down, boiling the frames, and I would scrape all of the boxes clean of any propolis, wax and other debris, and then use a flame to scorch the inside of the boxes, and also the same with the floor. I'd also use the same method to scorch the crime board if you've got a wooden crime board. If there's any kind of infection in the hive, the new bees will attempt to clean out the hive, as you say, but that will, of course, allow them to pick up any infections that are there themselves, and that will hinder their growth into the new season. This might seem like a lot of fuss, and I'm sure there are beekeepers out there who will say, don't bother, but the one time you take a shortcut is the one time that it will cause you a problem. My way will make sure that your new bees have the very best start in their new clean home. Our final question for this week comes from Nita. Hello Stuart. After returning supers that had been extracted of honey back to the bees, I found that they were starting to store ivy nectar. So I left it those supers, but subsequently the stores granulated. Can the bees use granulated honey, or did I do something wrong in my manipulation regarding the action I took with returning the supers to be cleaned? Thank you for any advice you can offer. Hi Nita, and thanks for the question. Again, this is one question that lots of beginner beekeepers will have, I'm sure. Ivy honey is one of those uh, kind of Marmite products. You will either love it or hate it. In the late autumn and early winter, the bees go crazy for storing it, both the pollen and the nectar. And it can both be a bonus and a challenge for the bees and the beekeeper. It's unlikely that you can ever extract it without some specialist equipment, and so it needs to be cut out of the frames and warmed to melt and separate the wax from the honey. Ivy honey in the brood box can be problematic. Some colonies struggle to utilise it through the winter, and it can cause starvation because of this. To answer your question, if it's in the supers, personally I cut it out and use the honey for myself. Strangely, I'm not a huge fan of Marmite, but I do love ivy honey. If it's in the brood frames, I tend to use these for swarms and splits in the summer, when the ivy honey has had time to warm and soften, and then can be used by the bees. Obviously, it needs to come from healthy, disease-free colonies, if you go down that route of using it in other colonies. So that's it for this week. Remember to check out BB Wear, specialist manufacturers of bee suits and protective beekeeping clothing. British-made BB Wear clothing offers protection, comfort and quality, proven to last for many years. And now you can also grab a special discount off their latest lines by using our discount code NHCBBW10. Go to www.bbwear.co.uk to redeem the discount code or give them a call. I'll catch up with you all again next week, but for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.